that's a problem with us. We are bad for that. We need to examine ourselves and remember, we suck. Good times, though. Yeah, and that's our intro. Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry. Between 2004 and 2008, when I was in high school, each week we hear a selection read aloud for what is probably the first time, and we examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron, and I am dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave, uh, we've been I'm waving. For, yeah, we've been talking for 20 minutes. You don't need to wave. Hi, Aaron. Okay, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dave, do you have a do you have a poem for us? I do. Okay. Um, I wrote this poem. It is a haiku because I can't be bothered to do anything else. I I, I feel bad because every time I like read haikus, they're like creative and inspiring. And then I write my haikus, and it's just like, I'm counting syllables. No, that doesn't work. What word can I replace? Mm -hmm. It's not great. So this is a poem called Good Intentions, Bad Execution. I tried to clean here. Ended up playing with trash. Maybe I'll clean soon. Okay, this feels autobiographical. It is slightly autobiographical. Okay. My uh, question to you um, yes. around the inspiration of this is, how do you play with trash? Have you never been cleaning and, like, you find something that you haven't seen for a long time and you pick it up and just, like, mess around with it for a while? But is that the trash that you are cleaning? Yes. I literally, I had, uh, what was it? Oh, oh, yeah, this. I'm holding oh. up a wheel of, like, plastic filament. Um, I picked it up, and I started goofing around with it, and started tying it in different knots. I originally bought it from a thrift store uh, for fly tying. Mm -hmm. It does not work for fly tying. It mm. is a garbage material. Mm. I should throw it away. It's still on my desk. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. I bring to us uh, a poem from the Wolf Journal titled, A Chipped Mask. As the days go by, I find myself losing control of my perfect mask. Each day, my smile lasts a second less. Each day, another day. I have to wear my worn mask. I don't know my true feeling on all of this. Am I throwing myself in the abyss? Or have I fallen and deny my feelings? My mask is well-worn, but it's chipping. Friends begin to worry. I fear I cannot wear a broken mask much longer. 
the old uh, beard scratch. Beard scratch. Okay. There's stuff in here. There is stuff in here. Even as I was reading it back, I was like, oh, that, there's a clever turn of phrase or two in this. Right? I will say I do have one question of your <clears throat> reading style. Okay. I was always told that when reading poetry, you don't acknowledge the end of the line. Oh. Like the idea would be, as the days go by, I find myself losing control of my perfect mask. Hmm. Like you, you read it like you'd read a you sentence. You read the punctuation, not the line. Yeah. Interesting. Because <laughs> I, I honestly have never heard that. I, I always thought and this was just my own silly assumption i guess my i always thought that the line breaks are there in order to elicit a break but i th and I, I think I, I must be wrong in that well i'm again i know as much about poetry as you which is not much so according to poetry 180 how to read a poem out loud created by former poet laureate Billy Collins. Point number three, obviously poems come in lines, but pausing at the end of every line will create a choppy effect and interrupt the flow of the poem's sense. Readers should pause only where there is punctuation, just as you would when reading prose. I'm, I'm trying to avoid saying booyah, but uh, booyah. I believe that's that's the appropriate use of that term. Oh, sure. Yeah. And well within its um, decade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely in the culture, as they say. So, Dave, are you saying that you would like to hear this poem read again? No. And that our dear listeners would, would need to hear it again in their no. ears, read properly with all no. the... Oh, no. No. Because uh, I'm ready to do that as no. many times as you need to hear it. Yet. Okay. Nine. Okay. Just clarifying. Just clarifying. Uh, so I did notice another rhyme. I have uh, this and abyss. Um, oh. I, I don't think that was intentional, but it did fall at the end of, of two separate lines. So that's kind sure. of nice. Uh, one line that I really liked, each day, another day, I have to wear my worn mask. What I like about that is that, like, it kind of sounds like it's a mask that is worn. Like, just you wear, I don't know. Like, oh, I understand. Like, you're saying worn as in the past tense of to put on, like to yeah, wear. Yeah. But it also functions as uh, worn out. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the same thing. I like how you can kind of pair wear and worn right next to each other in that line. But I think, honestly, I wouldn't pick out a line uh, that I was really focused on, but I wanted to pick out the progression through the poem. I actually kind of appreciated that because it starts off as, I find myself losing control of my perfect mask. Mm -hmm. So it's a loss of control. And then it's a worn mask. And then it's a chipped mask. And then it's a broken mask. Oh. So it it's perfect, then it's worn down, then it's chipped and breaking, and then it's broken. 
Wow. I didn't catch that. Uh, it's because I'm a genius. Yeah, there you go. That's why we have you on the show. <laughs> I think I have some guesses at context for this. Okay. But I thought I would kind of open it up to you. What do you hear in this poem? So this is something I'm wondering about. I keep hearing about this. I mean, it's not a new concept, but it's relatively new to me. Uh, have you heard of the the idea of masking for those who are uh, neurodivergent? Uh yes i have i have heard that um right yeah it very it's it's new to me as well but, but yeah so yeah, kind of a concept it. of those who are neurodivergent those who don't kind of fit into the standard box of uh thought processes and whatnot they will often mask who they are and mask kind of their divergences from the norm and there's this new this concept of having a mask that you wear i've heard it used more just generally uh for people with social anxiety those who are uncomfortable in social circumstances and as someone who is an introvert i do a lot of masking mm -hmm. i used to talk about how like i would put on my camp counselor personality because <laughs> sure. like as a camp counselor i just I was constantly exhausted. I was usually very frustrated, but I just had to keep smiling and whatever. And I, I feel as though that's kind of a, a form of masking. And that's what I hear in this. And I was kind of wondering if that's what you think this is talking about. I think I think I feel, feel comfortable sharing this story. There are people in my household that that we're on medication for depression mm -hmm. and i was not and it wasn't really talked about but the one moment i do remember was my mom telling me on the drive home from somewhere once it's just like i need you to stay sane and it was probably just a moment of exhaustion or something right. but i took it to heart i really did mm. and um so i think there is this extra pressure i put on myself to put on that front right put on a happy face and uh i mean i'm on sertraline now so escalator prim yeah i i do know the benefit of medication and i think it's it's unfortunate that there's kind of this i mean if you're if you're iron deficient you take iron supplements right if your synapses aren't snapping. Yeah, if if you've got a broken arm, you put it in a cast. <laughs> yeah. If you need serotonin because your brain doesn't produce it, you need something to help your brain produce that serotonin. Yeah. And the, where, where I'm cautious about making this comparison is... Mm -hmm. I honestly... I mean, I, I am not a psychologist, or, or nor do I pretend to be. Right. I don't want to pretend to diagnose my previous self in high school right i don't remember enough to know if that was a diagnosable depression or anxiety at that time right but having gone through an experience like that more recently i would say 
I think this was my way of trying to process emotions that I didn't feel like I could talk about. Sure. So it sounds like to my earlier question of could this be masking your response is, Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. A long way around. I was masking, I think for the sake of my family. I don't know. Well, and I know that for me, I, in middle school, high school, while I was struggling with depression, I was what I would consider, I was masking that, and I claimed it was for my family, and that was to avoid the uh, the fear that I had that it was actually for me. Mm. Now we're getting into some fun psychoanal uh, psychoanalyzation, anal yeah. analysis. That's a word, analysis. Analgesis? Sir, the pills go in your mouth. <laughs> I'm glad you got that Scrubs reference right <laughs> yeah, away. Right away. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite jokes of all time. Uh, yeah. I do wonder if I was trying to put on a persona for my own sake, too. I think this is you trying to express your own confusion over how you're presenting yourself, how how the world is viewing you. Mm -hmm. And it also seems like there's not good language around this. Like, I, I think that that language isn't taught to us because it's avoided. Yeah, I, we've talked about this in the past the, of, of toxic masculinity, putting a different set of pressures right. on, on um, young white boys and... By no means is it comparable to some of the actual violence. No, but I, I think you make a good point that, you know, like we, we should talk about the toxic nature of how we interpret masculinity, but still recognize that it's not the same as uh, how our toxic behavior affected non-white people or women or those who are female presenting. And it, yeah, I think this kind of self-examination ideally helps. Yeah, I think it helps us to realize how uh, how fundamentally broken we are as people hmm. and helps to point us in the direction of I need to recognize the problems that I've faced so I can contextualize the problems that the world as a whole faces. Yeah, I think it has helped me recognize what is often referred to as systemic issues. Yep. It's one of those that is often denied. It's like, no, you are your own being and you forge your own path. Yeah. But realizing how much your path is forged for you, <laughs> right? Wh whatever class or, or, or wherever you are in, you are being molded by the, the culture that you are around. And recognizing that in yourself helps you recognize where there is systemic sin or systemic um, issues around yeah. race and gender and, and the like. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did notice that this, this is actually a very complementary piece to identity. Oh my gosh. Or Identa We that we came up with together. Identa <laughs> We. Back in season one, and th and you agreed that was the best title. Yeah, I did. 
But identity has the line, who am I? A mask covers my face. Mm. So I was already experimenting with this identity issue at least a couple months before chipped mask came. And, and clearly by this point, whatever constructed mask I thought I was presenting uh, is being challenged in some way. Yeah. Have we, have we talked enough, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Have, have we as men talked enough? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I don't know if my creativity can hold on for much longer. Yeah. So, Dave, good or garbage? Garbage. Moving on. Oh, come on. <laughs> I gave you that great segue with a reference to the poem gotta give me more than that (laughs) i just thought it was too easy oh so good or garbage i would say sometimes you can salvage things you know like you see something that's got like corners broken off and you can you can fix it or you know something is chipped and it can be saved this poem does not fit into that category i believe it is destined for what I would call the refuse pile of history. Well done. You see, was that hard? I had to really think about how to insult you best. It took me a minute, but I found my way. There you go. Glad I could make you happy. You're welcome, buddy. We're going to end this week as we do every week with the words of a true poet. This coming to us from Khalil Gibran, who bridged the gap between the 19th and 20th century. This poem is called How I Became a Madman. Hmm. Prologue. You ask me how I became a madman. It happened thus. One day, long before many gods were born, I woke from a deep sleep and found all my masks were stolen. The seven masks I have fashioned and worn in seven lives. I ran maskless through the crowded street shouting, Thieves! Thieves! The cursed thieves! Men and women laughed at me, and some ran to their houses in fear of me. And when I reached the marketplace, a youth standing on housetop cried, He is a madman! I looked up to behold him. The sun kissed my own naked face for the first time. For the first time the sun kissed my own naked face, and my soul was inflamed with the love for the sun, and I wanted my masks no more. And as if in a trance I cried, Blessed, blessed are the thieves who stole my masks. Thus I became a madman. And I have found both freedom and safety in my madness, the freedom of loneliness and the safety from being understood. For those who understand us enslave something in us. But let me not be too proud of my safety. Even a thief in a jail is safe from another thief. Wow. <laughs> I know. I don't know where to cut that one cuz it's it tells a whole story. <laughs> right. I and it's like a fairly epic story of self-discovery. That's really cool. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Honestly, I'd say leave the whole thing. Okay. Like you I heard think it. that's a real valuable poem. You heard it from Dave. Uh if you hear the whole thing, it's my fault. It's Dave's fault. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 thanks to Dave. Yeah, we've got to pad the runtime somehow, right? Yeah. And if we're padding the runtime, 
with good poetry that helps people learn about themselves, I feel like that's more useful than our podcast. Did I just discover something about our podcast? That we're putting out something terrible into the world? I think people should just drop us and listen to Poem A Day. Today's podcast is brought to you by Poem A Day. They're not paying us for this, but, you know, they're just better than us. Oh, yeah. I find all of my poems off poets.org. Okay. I will say something else uh, for our listeners to look up is uh, Ars Poetica. It's a oh. YouTube channel. Okay. Um, but they just have people reading poetry. Uh, sometimes it's the original author. Sometimes it's people just putting out poetry that's inspired them. Really cool stuff. Again, I've never been super into poetry, but that was one that kind of captured me for a while. Cool. And um, ours as in? I think it's A-R-S. Okay. I th- I've, I've run across that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, there's our plugs for our non-sponsors yet really cool things. Right. And uh, this not cool thing (laughs) has been my bad poetry. Now go write some of your own bad poetry. I like making you feel embarrassed about the show while we're doing it. like i could just see the, you like break inside when you're like oh gosh this is just so i weird. put my name and my voice to this project <laughs> <laughs> i get so much joy from that <laughs> oh good that's good yeah at least somebody's getting joy out of this podcast <laughs> rhyme free doesn't matter